see you. Hi, Amy. Hey. She's on our side of the world. You can tell because it's dark. <laughs> You're in Melbourne, Amy. Are you in Melbourne? Yeah, I am. Oh, it's very late there then. It's 10, 10 o'clock. Oh, real good. Yeah. Hi, Helene. Helene's from Melbourne as well. Hi, Carmen. All right. Let me, we've got Daphne coming in. We'll just keep, give people a few minutes to jump, come in. We don't have the bells going off while we're talking. Um, let's just make sure. Okay. I'm just going to pull this over here. Fantastic. Well, first of all, I just want to welcome Amy from Melbourne, who's our newest soul crafter. So welcome. We're super happy to have you. Amy joined like on Friday, just when prep week started and she got prep week done like in a day. <laughs> and she's been going through all the podcasts, which has been really fun to see your ahas from the podcast. So really great. And you have week one just released tonight. So now you can really get started. Oh, good, because I went in there and I'm like, oh, I can't access it yet. So good. Oh, so you couldn't access it? Um, earlier. So maybe you've activated it now. So I'll go back in. Okay, yeah. Maybe right after this call, just double check and then message me to let me know. Okay. Cool. All right. Fantastic. Hi, Daphne. Great to have Hi. you as well. Hi, Carmen. Hi, everyone. Oh, hi, Lynn. Hi, Vicky. Hi. Hi, Beth. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Welcome, Amy. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to keep this open a little bit more in case anyone else comes on. So we are almost at the end of the year. So we have two calls with me and then we've got two more calls with um, with Natasha and then we go on break. So this call will plan what we want to talk about for the next call with me. Um, and we'll talk about at the end. But I want to talk about a couple of things before we get into the meat of everything. Number one, of course, we always want to give our new participants um, the floor for any questions. So Amy, if you've got any questions about prep week, um, let me know in just a moment. And then I just want to check with everyone about times for the calls, because we're, we're going to actually change the times to be we in the past, we've tried to make it work for all time zones, but it ends up kind of being not so great for anyone. <laughs> so what we're going to do is not try to make it great for everyone. We're going to make it good for everyone. Um, once, like say for me, one time it'll be really good for you and one time it, it won't be good for you rather than having everyone on the edges, which kind of doesn't serve anybody. So I just wanted to check though. Um, so if on Thursday we had it at eight or 9 a.m in Belgium. So for right now, everyone is in Belgium. And then in Brisbane, five or which would be five or 6 p.m. So I just wanted to check for Belgium is nine, if I remember correctly, 9 a.m. was too late for some people because of going to work. Would, would 8 a.m. be better? Or does it really matter? Oh, Claudia, I can't hear you. For, for me, I think people who go to work, um, eight o'clock would even be to to not they would not be able to make it for people who can be flexible i think nine o'clock would be but for me at least nine o'clock would be a bit better i would do everything to get on the eight o'clock but i think in general nine o'clock would would work okay and sigrun how what do you think sigrun yeah. yeah how about for you sigrun well um 
I think for me, if I don't have a, if I'm not going to work, which I don't know yet, um, then everything is fine. And I'm totally flexible with working around it. So eight o'clock is fine. But if I would would have a job, and um, usually in Germany we started like at eight very often. So then maybe six o'clock in the morning <laughs> for Claudia or some people would be better. So I'm I'm just go with the flow and and see if it works for me or not. Okay. Okay. No, I, it's good because I then I can take everything into consideration. And then if we did. If we did, if if people were at work, do you think it's feasible to ask, um, like, could people take off once a month at 8 a.m. to do a call? Like, would that be asking too much in Europe? Like, if there was just once a month where there was a call at 8 a.m., if they're going to work? It's totally depending, I guess, from where you're working for. From there, um, so okay. I'm, I'm actually a, a applying for a job, uh, jobs I'm working from home or remote. So I think that sounds often quite flexible that, so that it would be possible. But if you're having like a normal nine to five, they're just no, no okay. way. Okay. Yeah, times are kind of changing a little bit where there seems to be more flexibility because people are demanding it. Like they're, they're saying, I want to work from home or et cetera. But of course, there are going to be some jobs that are just like, no, you can't. So, okay. And then on the flip side for Australia, is five would five p.m. work or is that going to be not not good for people who are working? And then we should yeah. have it at six p.m. That's way too early for me. Thursdays is our um, lawn bowls uh, night, so for me, I actually need like later in the night. So uh, if it's going to be earlier, I'd have to always be on a replay. Okay. Okay, and then so that's for lawn bowls, not necessarily work, but but does any yeah. okay? So just so I can kind of get a sense of, and is anyone else in a job in Australia where five p.m. would be too early because of work? Carmen, I'm in I'm in a job, but I finish like um, early, but it's just getting from the job. If we stood it at five, hmm. it'd be. And it's only once, once, once a week, right? <laughs> so once, once a month. I can work it out with month. my yeah. yeah. So my partner takes the kids, but I could get the kids come home and be. It will be pushing it, but okay. yeah, he'd just okay. have to do all the dinner prep and just for that one beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that just that's good. That's all like super helpful. The reason being is I'm going to ask now on the other side because Australians are a little bit luckier because all times are going to work more for you because it has to work for me being in Australia. So if, for example, that 5 p.m. wouldn't work for you, the next time will in, in a second. Okay, so my, but this is all, this is super helpful for me. So then the other call with me would be on Thursday night in America, and there's nobody here in America. Um, and then it would be in Australia, it would be, it would be on a Friday either at, 9 or 10 a.m. or 8 or 9 a.m. So again, if people are in jobs in Australia, could you take one one day off a week to do it 8 or 9 or 9 or 10? For me, it would have to, because it'd be an hour. So um, again, I would have to, um, 
I'd have to be on the replay because Fridays are my very early starts. Okay. And tell me, what would it have to be by? Like what was what would be the latest? Um, I would have to be uh, finished and out on the road by 7.45. 7.45. Okay. So that just, okay, just gives me an idea. Okay. And anybody else like Daphne being in a job for you, yeah. what would that mean? So eight, eight's fine with me. Eight's, eight is okay. okay. On a Friday. On a Friday. Yeah. Okay. Okay, perfect. Okay, um, and I know Vicky with B and I. Are you good? And like no, a- see, uh, the Friday every second Friday is another networking. Yeah. So nine o'clock is much better for me because oh, it's so from seven till eight thirty. Okay. Okay. So let me just. Okay. So seven forty-five has to be finished, Amy. Right? Yeah. Okay. And then, but eight a.m. for Daphne is okay. Yeah. Okay. I perfect. can do earlier. Like and you can do earlier. Five a.m. Six, seven, like you need. Are you crazy? <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, because I'm up at five every day, but okay. I don't get the kids ready until six. Then they go to daycare at seven. So I have a gap before I start work. Mm, and it's okay. like a 15 minute from the daycare. I'm just working out the logistics. But yeah. So early. <laughs> but then early. in the afternoon, then I have an hour gap gotcha. between okay. picking them up and then uh, picking, finishing work, picking up the kids, and then starting the night routine. Okay. That's why it's, it's nicer when it's later at night and then in bed. Okay. So later at night is actually better for, it seems like for Australia, it seems to be better later at night. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, 9 a.m. Australia would be 11 in the night in Europe. Am yeah, I having is, that correct? Um, yes. But that's the same like now. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. That's my night shift then. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was trying to get away from the late night ones. Um, mm-hmm. for, because- but if it would be 8 a.m., then, then that would, no, that's in that okay. case, it would be not <laughs> such a night shift. But again, like Sigrun said, we, we work around it. Only if it's like 3 o'clock in the night in Europe, that yeah. would be for me um, yeah. no go. <laughs> no. Even midnight is like 2. Okay, well, so that just gives me some... and if. So people don't mind actually doing late at night in Australia as well. So that's really good feedback. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks for just spending a little bit of time on that because we're just going to work, rework everything. Um, okay. So let's let's focus on Amy first. Do you have any questions with prep week content? We'll keep it just to prep week because, you know, as you go through it, it everything builds on the past week. Yeah. Anything? Um, so I think a lot of the things that I've gone through that um, we've discussed previously, I feel like those are things that we're going to cover down the track. Um, I'm I'm really loving listening to the podcast because I do a lot of driving, getting around because I'm a physiotherapy assistant. Um, So it's been really nice, like hearing all of your um, insights and all the sessions. Um, And as you can see from the post, I've been making lots of notes um, because I find when I write things down, I retain it a lot better. Um, and being really intentional about my vision board, like I'm really enjoying looking at it every day. Um, and it's really made me more aware of what I want to achieve and what I want to accomplish in these next eight weeks. Um And I'm bringing a housekeeper in next Saturday for a couple of hours each week. 
um, because that's something that I've wanted to manifest for a long time. So I feel like if I bring that in, then other things will start coming in as well. Um, so yeah, everything's been really clear and really nicely laid out so far. So I haven't come across any stumbling blocks at the moment. Okay, fantastic. Well, I personally have loved reading all your ahas. So it's 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 really nice for us like to see your ahas because we're like, oh yeah, that was in that podcast and that and that. So it's been really good. So really congratulations for playing full out and all in, which is one of the things we talk about. So all right. So we'll we'll touch base after the call just to message me to make sure you've got access to to week one. Yeah. All right. Okay, so then anyone else have specific questions other than, of course, the topic for today is going to be things that you need to have in your business presentation. So I know, Vicki, you had a great question about residual income. Are there any other questions that anyone wants to cover? No? Okay, all right, let's dive into, because I know this has been kind of brewing for the past couple of weeks that we've been talking about it. Okay, so let's start with Vicki's question first. So Vicki had asked, is it okay if we can use residual income because she had heard through corporate that we aren't aren't allowed to use that now i had heard about six months ago that we weren't supposed to use it in social media or anything that's like on a website if you're doing a personal one-on-one -on -one, it would be totally fine or like say for example like my own online business presentation i can use it in there too if you're giving a presentation in a hotel setting or where there's it's more public and anyone could walk in, check with your company. Because there, there has been a little bit, especially since um, COVID, where more people have started doing network marketing and then there's been more shady companies as well, where they're the, and there's different terms for it. In the States, I can't remember what we call it. Um, I think one of the bodies, is, I can't remember any, what it is, not FCA, but anyway, there's bodies that will really look at network marketing to see if it's, it's a good thing to do, and they're cracking down on different things. So um, again, if it's something that you're doing like one-on-one -on -one, or it's your own business presentation that gets emailed out to someone, it's totally fine to use. But if you're doing it in a public setting, check with your company. And then also social media and websites. You'll notice like in, in all of my social media posts, I never men mention residual income. Like even on my website, there's no mention of residual income ever. So um, Carmen, this is really for the work from anywhere presentation, you know, the Zoom presentations that a lot of um, USANA associates are doing around the world. And I just, um, I just couldn't, I just found it really difficult to get those slides uh, in a way that was resonating with me. So I took a lot from your uh, creator life. Yeah. I've spent hours listening to you, Carmen, <laughs> downloading <laughs> things and then recreating stuff. Um, and I love that bit. I love it um, where you talk about the three, you know, the three concepts from Robert Kiyosaki. Mm. But now I'm thinking, should I really? Because it is kind of public. It's just Zoom. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think like, are you going if you're if you're doing it for any other associates, then I would stick with whatever your company is saying. Okay. But if it's like if it was me doing it for my own contact, okay. I okay. would say residual income personally, because right. it's like okay. my, so that, my that means I've got to yeah, I've got to change it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, I'll be interested to hear what you think should go into a public <laughs> one. Yeah, I yeah. think USANA is recommending saying leveraged income. What, why that is any different than residual, I don't really understand. Yeah, maybe two different things, I would have thought. I always thought the leverage came from team and the residual came from, well, I guess it's the same, yeah, maybe. Mm. Mm. Yeah, let me... Um, I'll... Can I say something? Yeah, no one absolutely. say that in property and investing. They say it's like live like a like visit, like say you buy a property, you're now like an investor, then you buy more properties. Isn't that like you're still working, but you've got this other side of buying properties, you're making residual income? In in property, they usually, at least in America, but I'm not sure in Australia, but in America, we usually say passive income. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Right, yeah, so yeah. residual tends to be more within the network marketing industry. Yeah. But let me, I'll, I'll contact Austra uh, Australia, I'll contact USANA just to ask them what the yeah. reasoning is because um, mm. with, our, with our products and, and all network marketing company, you do have that residual income. So, and leveraged income, as far as I know, is when you have many people like in instead of using 100 people to clear 100 chairs you use 10 people to clear 10 chairs each so that's that's leverage mm. residual is when you make the sale one time but you get a commission ongoing even though that you're not selling that product again and again and again you've only sold it one time so let me all i i do know they have said that we're not supposed to use it in social media but let me find out what the yeah, reason uh, is yeah because that that will help us like decide what to do in a public situation yeah okay thank you okay let me just make a note of that because i will forget otherwise okay so this also brings another really good point where vicky said you know she spent a lot of time um figuring out how to do her business presentation so this is one thing that you really do want to spend time on and i would recommend number one looking at your company's presentation first because usually that's going to be really good. You'll just want to tweak it. Okay. And I, I know Amy talked about, she'd asked a question like, Ooh, should I have the founder's mission in there? Like why they developed isogenics? And absolutely, that's a really crucial piece because people want to know, you know, why did this company start? What makes it different? What's the ethos? You know, that it's a, it's really a red flag if the company doesn't talk about the founders or you can't look up the founders. So I think I mentioned this two weeks ago and Amy, you weren't here, of course, but there is a company that a friend um, wanted me to look at to become involved and you, you couldn't find the founders anywhere and you didn't know why did they set up this company. So that's a real red flag. Now, Amy, of course, Isogenics is not a red flag at all. It's just, they probably haven't thought about putting that in. And so it not only helps people understand, but it also gives them a reason like this company is different and the values and the mission they can really get behind so and i know isogenics has a great story so that would be like fantastic to add in yeah especially with their son eric he's our chief visionary officer um, and his passion project is that the company has zero waste by 2028 so he's doing a lot of 
strategies around removing plastic from our packaging, um, changing, you know, what products we use to be more biodegradable. Um, and like every couple of months, he's giving us an update of, hey, you know, we're getting closer and closer to this goal because we're doing this and we're doing that. Um, so I really like when Eric shows us how much closer we are to that journey to zero waste. Yes, and I, I love that because this is something that you really resonate with. And that's what we want to include in our presentations, the unique selling point about five things, which I'm gonna to talk to you in a, in a moment, but one of those would be the company um, and the founder. So what's unique about them? And you wanna choose the thing that gets you passionate about, because then that's, if you're passionate about it, you're gonna attract the people who are passionate about the same thing. And then of course you speak about it in, in really different terms. So that's, yeah, so, and then the other thing I think that's really important is the fact that you said he gives you updates and then in your presentation, you could say why that matters is it's not just lip service. Like, you know that this company is actually doing that. So you kind of explain the, the feature is they have this zero waste goal. The benefit is that they communicate with us when they're like how far they are. So we know it's not just lip service, like it's the real deal. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's a great example. Um, so with this whole thing, I really recommend, first of all, looking at your company's presentation, see what you can tweak, because usually there's something missing, like in this example, we talked about the company, whoops, Ali's coming in. Um, bear with me a second. Okay, there we go. Then the other thing is usually the compensation plan is explained way too much, way too long, and you really want to condense that. And you know how we talked about um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, you want to show what's possible so that you can enroll people like me that didn't want to just make an extra hundred bucks a month, but then also that you can do this part time and it can just be an additional income. So someone who doesn't necessarily want to replace their their salary, but they do want an extra income. So you want to, you want to show those two things. Okay, so that's really, really, really important. You can also do it the other way around. I mean, that is what um, we are kind of doing, that, that we start with the 100 a month thing and then a next level and then say, and from there on, it is depending on what you put in and the sky's the limit type of thing, depending yes. on what audience we have. Yes, yeah? and it would probably so that, go that, in that order, like you said. So, but yeah. just, just what I meant is that you're doing both of them. So not because one of the recent USANA presentations really just showed a part-time income, like that's it. And then yes, yes. that's not going to inspire can, you any, can then, Yeah, sorry. You can then say, you can send, say that that is just to get an understanding. And then if you expand uh, the, yeah, the limits are depending on your thing and can be a kind of a real income like 50,000K, 100K and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, I probably didn't explain it correctly. Okay, what I meant sorry. is you need, you need both. So because there are mm -hmm. going to be people that come to your presentation that aren't mm -hmm. even going to be able to think about making 50,000 or, you know, 500,000. That's not in their, that's yeah. not even their goal. So you want to show them that you could have a part time income from this. But then you also want to show for someone else that wants a larger income, that's possible too. So you just want to hit both of those people. And why I bring this up is in a recent USANA presentation, it was only showing that part-time. Showing that part-time is crucial 
but you also want to show the potential of a, a larger income if you put the work into it. So just to show both. Um, okay, so I also really recommend, um, I think most people here have, but rec I recommend reading Robert Kiyosaki's The Perfect Business. And you can usually get that on Amazon. It's a really thin book. And sometimes it's called something different because it's gone out of publication and then it's come back on, but you'll be able to find it if you just search the perfect business. And then I would also read cash flow quadrant as well, which I, I think probably most people have read. But those two things will give you a lot of verbiage for your presentations. Now, when when you you graduate from Soulcraft, and then if you join the Soul Pro Mastermind. Part of that is you get my whole entire online business presentation system, all the slides, all the scripts, everything recorded, like the whole thing. But I'm still going to give you today just all the, the points because obviously the mastermind is kind of a higher level thing and I want you to have this as well. But just know in the mastermind, you get everything from me. Okay, so um, the perfect business as well as cash flow quadrant. And as I mentioned, making sure that you really look at your company's presentation and you want to look at it, not just, oh, okay, they're saying this, but why are they saying this? So that you can understand the psychology of where they're trying to get somebody. Okay, then the things that I would add in there is you want to create need to have your own business. Okay, so this, this is super, super important. So this is where you bring in the financial state of most, most people. And, and usually companies will do this, like most people live from paycheck to paycheck, or they, they spend eight months of the year, you know, paying their taxes before they actually have take home money, you know, or, you know, most people retire, but they really don't have the savings they want for their retirement. But you, ha you have to awaken people to why would I want to have a business? So this is, this is where we're starting to, even if they haven't thought about it, they're like, yeah, you know, I just work and I take two weeks holidays in the States and in Australia it's better, we get four weeks here. <laughs> but still that's not a way to live, you know, just four weeks holidays, crazy. So that's the financial, what I call the financial awareness. Like I need to do something if I want to you know, not be living paycheck to paycheck and have a life that I design. So would it be a good idea, um, Carmen, to um, have a slide where it has like um, business, like being the employer and the employee and like all the things the boss can do that the employee can't do? Yes, and that, that could probably, I wouldn't do that in the financial awareness. I would do that more when you transition into why would you want to have a business? Mm. And it's, it's super close. Like it's, it almost could fall into the financial awareness, but I would wait one more slide where you say, you know, what you, will, what you want to do is have your own business so that you can determine your wealth. And then I'd have a slide of, you know, this is an employee. They have to come to work when they're told they get their lunch hour when they're told their vacation when they're told and you know versus a business owner that that would be perfect okay yeah yeah really that's a really perfect segue into like why so why would you want to have a business 
And then this is where you can also bring in the Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrant, where you have the um, employee, then the self-employed, which is what most people go to. Okay, so they become a massage therapist or they become, you know, whatever it is where they get paid by the hour. And then you have in the cash flow quadrant, a business owner where you're working more on the business rather than in the business. And then that business income then allows you to become an investor. So what we want everyone to see is that path. They might go to be self-employed, but you want to get out of self-employed into being a business owner. And then of course, so that you can invest. And then it becomes okay, and, and I really bring in Robert Kiyosaki quite a bit because that cash flow quadrant analogy is so good, like people really get that, especially if they're employee mindset. Okay, because most of us like even me like I was such an employee mindset, you know, like, like it was my um, Brad, my first husband that was like, why do you just want a corner office like like you would not believe what I used to think like I just wanted a corner office I wanted to be an executive assistant. <laughs> like it's crazy. So some if we can help people go from that employee mindset to all the way over to business that's like huge. Okay, so then from there it's then okay what type of business can you have. And then also with that as well as what types of income can you have. Okay, and then this is where you can start talking about the power of residual income you know, that continues, but there's only, there's limited ways to make residual income or passive income. So this is a course where I don't think, I don't think you can say passive income anymore. Um, so I need, let me just come back to you, but normally I would say residual income at this point. And then I talk about, okay, the residual income that you can get could be from real estate. It could be from books. It could be from movies. Um, but you know, not all of us are actors, not all of us are songwriters, um, not all of us are musicians. And then there's also network marketing, which gives you, you know, residual income. So th that's kind of the pathway where, you know, financial awareness, then having a business, cash flow quadrant, what are your options for a business? What are the types of income? And then why network marketing would be the next and I then, like that as a slide too, Carmen, like the conventional residual, like that's really cool. Like not everyone's an author like JK Rowling and no, not everyone's an actor like Britney Spears is still earning royalties now for, you know, um, oops, I did it again, which was like 25 years ago, but she's still cashing in and Keanu Reeves is still cashing in on Matrix, you know, almost 25 years later. So yeah, conventional residual. That's really cool. Yeah. And people can really get that. Like all those examples you just said, it's like, yeah, you know, I wish I was a Keanu Reeves or I wish I was a, but most of us aren't. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, sorry. Claudia, go ahead. In the presentation, they're also on, on the right side, like business owner thing. They also come with the example traditional businesses. So I, um, my intention is to make show there what are the difference having a traditional business. I, I said something Sony, <laughs> things yeah. like that. Be yeah. Because the thing is that you are um, you say work in um, not in but for the business. That is this part, 
Yeah, but if you have such a traditional thing, you are also um, less flexible in terms of location. Most of the time you have a building somewhere and, and things like that. And the um, employees, they, there's a, a relationship, you have responsibility more than if you would work together with what is in network marketing, independent people. So this kind of things you do not have uh, to manage. Yeah. You are more yeah. flexible here. So I also yeah. try to get the thinking in, in, in that direction that is kind of easier or more flexible because yeah. it's work from anywhere. <laughs> it's more, more flexible and, and, and you can put much more options in with this approach. Huh? Yes, yes. And that would also be really good at the end when you're talking about the investment. Mm -hmm. Because someone who's a business owner knows that for any business, it's such a big investment and yeah. there's so many ongoing costs. So that's also really good. Like initially in the, in the presentation, usually we have to open the minds of like a nine to fiver, but at the end of the presentation, we also have to help people who are actually business owners to realize why network marketing is so good for all these reasons, Claudia, that you just said. Yeah, you know, and, like you... and also the, the initial investment to start it up. Huh? I mean, even mm -hmm. that, for an um, self-employed um, activity, mm -hmm. the initial investment, um, think about massage therapist and massage tafel, oils, blah, room, whatever, is much higher than when you look into network marketing. Absolutely. There it starts already. Huh? And yeah. then also if you would, like if you have a location, you have to pay the rent mm -hmm. and you have to pay it regardless if you have income coming in or not which is also for me a kind of thing which uh, deserves mentioning and, and get it think in. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Because you first have to work for getting your rent paid before you can get something for you. Huh? Yeah. And you have electricity and you have you know, yeah. all the overhead. You have to buy inventory, you know, it's, and yes. you have to sell that. Like you, you think of any hair salon that you go into, like how much stock did they have to buy and do they actually turn that over? You know, some, at least five thousand dollars a month. So, um, my background's beauty therapy, and um, for us to keep our active skincare account, we had to purchase two thousand dollars worth of product every month, um, irregardless of how long it sat on the shelves. Um, and I also had to compete with other salons that were stockists as well like there was no respect of okay well you're the only stockist so yeah it's very frustrating yeah 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 and, and that's all things to bring in as examples especially if you have that as your personal experience like amy for you claudia for you everyone that really makes your presentation heartfelt you know, it's so it's yeah, bring in and th this is another thing when you're when you're making your presentations, keep them really simple in the beginning. So you've got like this nice structure, but keep looking at what everyone's doing, like listen to another company's presentation, listen to someone else who, in your own company who does a presentation, because you'll pick up something they say and you'll be like, oh, that's a better way to explain this. My online presentation is, is a result of, you know, over probably 15 years of just refining, refining, refining.
Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Yay, but it didn't start out that way. <laughs> um, one, one additional thing, I'm, when I, I started with my Balance Your Life um, part of my business, I also made a kind of health check for my business. And one thing, and I, I knew, but it came out very clear in, in such a kind of business, the single point of failure are yourself. If you don't work, no money comes in. If you want to go on vacation, no money comes in. If you be sick or whatever, no money comes in. And, and that was a point in time when I said there must be another way. And that is when I started to look into other options. And for me, the most compelling one at the time is being still flexible and things like that mm -hmm. um, was a network marketing. And that is a bit the story because of my own experience, which I then um, kind of explain. Huh? Yeah. And that's actually a really beautiful phrase that when you're telling a little bit of your story to say, and I, I knew there had to be a different way or they had to be a better way. That's actually a golden phrase. <laughs> and I also want to show, because a lot of um, um, colleagues, which are in studios and things like that, they really work at the edge of what they have on income to survive, which, I mean, I don't think that is a compelling place to be. And a lot of them, they are then looking for an a kind of side a job so that they have maybe not full-time but half-time but then they give that the income to cover their expenses like rent and things like that and then have a bit of time to to start up the business and and also here i said there must be another way and i will really want to show these guys yeah that hey there are other options and yeah. it's worthwhile to look into them yeah yeah all right, so um, so we we finished with so why why network marketing, and then the next segue would be then how do you choose a network marketing company, and then that's when you bring in the five things. Now I'm going to tell you my five that I use, and you might have a different five, but th this is what I always tell people: these are the five things when you are looking at a company and. And you know, I tell my story that I looked for a year and a half at 73 different companies after my first network marketing company. And this is what I looked for. Whatever your story is, you know, like, you know, what I what I've learned after being in network marketing or what I've found is that these are the five most important things to look for. And so they are product. And I always say that product, the compensation plan is very important, but even before that, the product the company the and the founder, the compensation plan, the industry and the timing, and then low to no risk. And I bring in that low to no risk so I can use that at the end at the close because the number one reason why people don't do network marketing or anything is that they think it's, you know, like, what if I fail or what if it doesn't work? Okay, so that that's always I could have said training it would be number five, like what's the training, but I use number five as low, low or no risk. And what do you mean by industry and timing, Carmen? 
Great question. So in industry would be an expanding industry. So and, and I actually talk about this, I say, you know, like, you don't want to be selling eight track tapes, you know, it's like not a industry that's going to go anywhere. You also don't want to sell um, tractors, because someone might buy that once, but they're not going to buy it again and again and again. So that's why I talk about that. So I give a defunct industry, because I want to show them you want an expanding industry. And then I give an example of something that costs a lot of money and maybe you get a one-time sale, but you're not going to get that residual income like a tractor. And timing is, is close because you're looking for an industry that is expanding. And this is why most network marketing companies are in the health and wellness industry. Not all, there's travel, there's um, like communications, beauty, beauty yeah. Um, although beauty is kind of close to health and well wellness and a lot of companies um, kind of have both. But for sure, like health and wellness, beauty, definitely those are probably the most popular in network marketing. And they're the ones that are most expanding because health and wellness, people are always going to be interested in, especially right now. And then beauty, of course, you know, people are always going to be interested. And I'm noticing I, I choose to watch Netflix documentaries and like Gwyneth Paltrow is doing a lot of goop stuff and um, Zac Efron did a whole traveling around the world showing um, countries that are being ecological and sustainable. So I think a lot more people, especially with COVID changing things, um, I think a lot of more people are wanting to go back to the old ways of doing things where life was simpler. Um, and I think a lot of people are realising that pills don't work and Western medicine isn't the answer. And a lot of people are going to Eastern medicine and Eastern practices and finding that that's actually transforming them. So I think that's why that's such a big boom because people are actually realising, hey, I actually do need to take care of myself so I can live a really long life. Yeah, we're in such different times now, like from people being more accepting of network marketing to be more interested in health products to wanting to do stuff online. Like it is so much easier to do network marketing now and to sell really good products than it was even five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, the zeitgeist has changed so much. So with these five things, when I'm showing this on the screen, I'll just very quickly go through. I'll, I'll say like you want the product is the most important thing. Yes, we want to make money. We want to make sure the compensation plan is good. But if you don't have a good product, it doesn't matter how good the compensation plan is. And I always say that because that gives you it's what I believe, but also it gives you credibility and that you're not just all about the money. Because one of the things in network marketing is people think people are in it just for the money. Okay, so that that really kind of sets you apart and the product is the most important thing because you can sell anyone a product one time, but if it doesn't work and it's not good, they're not going to continue buying it. So that's why it's it's so important. Then I talk about the company. You want to make sure that you like the company's philosophy, the ethos, the owners, because everything starts at the top. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll just give an example. Like we know, like if the top is good, that's going to filter down. If the top isn't good, it's it's going to filter down too. So you want to make sure that the company has the same values as you. You know that you you agree with the philosophy of the founder. That's what I love about Kathy. She's always about if it doesn't work for us, it doesn't work for the customers. 
And that's something that I love. They're always outsourcing third-party, unbiased people saying, hey, judge our products. Tell us if it doesn't work and we'll fix it and we'll make sure it works. Um, so that's something I really love that Kathy is always drumming in that if it isn't right for us, it's not right for the customers and it's not happening. Mm. Yeah, and that again would be really good. Not, I wouldn't go through that when you're very quickly saying like why product is so important, why company is so important, because you very quickly go through that. But then when you start saying, okay, well, how does Isogenix stack up for the product? And then you wanna give one or two things that is the thing that you really love, the unique selling point. How does the company and the founder stack up? And then you give that, you know, what I love about, and then you would include that. And then how does the compensation plan stack up? But let, let me go back to when I'm explaining now the five things, what I'll say about the compensation plan. What you wanna look for is something that works for the average person that, you know, maybe your next door neighbor that really just wants to have an extra income or just even get their products paid for but you also want the compensation plan to work for the person that really wants to go out there and have this replace their job. Okay, so I, I bring that that into right there in that moment. So why is compensation plan and what do you need to look for? These two things, good for the little old lady next door that just wants to get her products paid for and a little bit extra and the high achiever. Then why is, why is timing and industry important? And then I give that example, you don't wanna be selling eight track tapes and you also don't wanna be selling a tractor. You know, you want, you know, which I already explained. And then finally, low to no risk. And I say something that's very important to me is that when people get involved, there's low to no risk. Because in today, there's a lot of things that we can put our money into and our money is really precious. We want something that we know if we put the work into, that there's low to no risk for it not working out. So that's like very quick. I would only spend like three minutes on that. And then you go into, okay, how does Isogenics, how does USANA, how does Deterra stack up? And then you, okay, product. Now you only want one or two things for each category. So it doesn't, you know, go on and it's just really quick because again, people are not going, they're going to remember your energy. They're going to remember the, the pace of it and they don't need tons of detail, but they are going to remember your stories as long as they don't get too involved and they are, are going to remember the visuals. And then you can very quickly go through, you know, all of those five points. Okay, so then you want to bring in accolades and third party endorsements. Okay, so the accolades could be from the company, but it's even better if they're accolades and third party endorsements from outside of the company. So that could be, you know, athletes that are taking it that aren't distributors, or it could be like, um, um, I'm trying to think of some of the bodies that that look at supplements, like um, can't think of it right now. Not People's Choice, but consu Consumer Labs, or you know whatever it is. But third party is always better because in the person's mind that's sitting there, they're going to think, well, anyone in the company is going to say it's great. How about someone who has no monetary interest? So those accolades are super important. And then you want to start going into your clothes. Okay, so you've, you've really created a need. You've then talked about some of the, um, and Amy, you'll really learn this in Soulcraft, we're all about exploding the bomb up front. So whatever objection we know that people normally have, we put it into the presentation. 
So if people have, you know, objections, we know usually it's network marketing, money, time, I don't like sales, or my partner doesn't want me to do this. And so we, we try to put those all in the presentation. So by the end of the presentation, we've exploded the bomb up front. So you'll yeah, I was excited when I heard that in the podcast. I'm like, oh, she's going to help me overcome all the objections. So when I get to the close, they're like, oh, I can't say no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So then once you go, you're starting to move into your close, then it's things like, okay, well, how do I get started? Okay, and then it's just very simple. So then, you know, you buy an, uh, an associate application. You know, usually most companies will have that. Then you qualify a business center, you know, and then you start your training. And, you know, so, so whatever it is, like, like in USANA, we have like four things, you know, every, every company has like a basic, how do you get started? Okay, and then what does it cost? Okay, because these are all things that people are thinking, okay, well, how do I get started? What do I need to do? How much does it cost? Okay, so I'm always very upfront, like this is what it costs, you have this choice or this choice. And then your auto order is this, which is your only business expense. And I always refer to that as your business expense that you get to eat. And there's no business that you get to eat your business expense, like Claudia was saying, or Amy was saying those, you know, $2,000 of beauty products, you know, like you don't get to eat. And you certainly can't use all of that to wash your hair. <laughs> so so, you know, I give examples like that. And then finally, I'll go into um, oh, one other thing I also talk about is, so what is our target market? Okay, because one of the objections is who do I talk to? So I have a slide is okay, so who's your target market? Number one, anyone who wants to get healthier, improve their immune system, you know, has kids that they want to be healthy, has, you know, parents that they want to so more from the health health aspect. Number two, your next your other target market is anyone who has people coming to them who want to be more healthy. So massage therapists, chiropractors, functional medicine doctors, kinesiologists, you know, so then they start thinking, oh, those are business people that have all these people coming to them, that it, those people are my target market to become an associate. So you want to you want to help them think, oh my goodness, there's a whole world out there. Because again, one of the main objections is who do I talk to? And then my final thing is questions to ponder. Okay, so where do I want to be in five years? You know, if I if I do do this, what's the what could happen? If I don't do this, you know, what could happen? So it's it's to get them to really think. And then your close is usually at, at this point, you're probably a one, two, three. One, you're ready to get started. Number two, you'd like to, you're interested in the business, maybe, but you for sure want to try the products at least, or first. Or number three, you have more questions. So that just depends on how your company trains you. But I always say you're ready to get started, or you want to try the products, or you have more questions. Okay, let me just, and then I'm going to open it up to you, but I just want to make sure I covered everything. Oh, I knew I forgot something. Low to no risk. I always tell them the risk is so like nothing. Let's say after a year, you don't build at all, which would be nigh to impossible because we're working together. But let's say you don't. 
the worst case that's going to happen is you're going to be a lot healthier in 12 months because you're on these products and you would have done a lot of personal development. Like that's the, the worst thing that can happen. What's the best thing that can happen? You know, you could replace your income. You could have tra a travel fund. You could help put your kids through college. You know, and that's how I weigh things up. Like when I'm choosing to invest, what's the upside? What's the downside? If there's a big upside and there's a very little downside, that's a good choice. You know, if there's not very much upside and there's a high risk, that's not a good choice. So it's really good to show people that because really that's what network marketing is. It has high potential if you put the work in and the, the low, it's so low, you know, like in a year, if you didn't make any money, you at least would be healthier. Now, of course, we want to pepper in there, you know, as well, like this, I always say this does take work, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. And I, I tell people also that network marketing is designed to put in 10 to 15 hours per week. If you're in a full time job, that's how most people start, because you can't leave your job to do this. So it's, it is designed some some people, you know, maybe they have a husband that works or a wife that works and they, you know, they're able to put more time. That's not normal. Most people start with 10 to 15 hours per week, but it does have to be 10 to 15 hours that you're putting into it into your side hustle. And we work now what I tell people when it's one on one, I say now for the first three months, we work really closely together. You know, and I've got you'll Amy you'll hear this in in Soulcraft, but that three month period is really important that we work with our new people, but they also know that in three months they're going to be equipped to continue on their own. Not that you cut them off, but you want them to know okay there's a limit to how much i'm going to have Carmen by my side so that they start stepping into it. Okay, yeah, so going from hand holding to becoming just a cheerleader. Exactly. Yeah. And a person that they can come to for hard questions or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So any questions on any of those points? I know there's a lot in there and we'll, you know, next week we can keep going deeper because you'll, you'll probably start doing more presentations and then we can come back. But anything that's at the top of your mind? I'm just excited to have a look at our presentation again and, and tinker around with it because there's um there's a lot of things that I can actually take out of the presentation because how I've been doing it now it's like a 55 minute presentation and I feel like there is a lot of things that I can take out and a lot of things I can put in to make it more interesting and exciting because I feel like the presentation at the moment is very product driven but not really vision driven so i'm really excited to play around with it yes and that's that's so important we we want to we want people to know that we are product focused in the sense that the product matters so much but we don't want to go down that rabbit hole of explaining all the products because people just get stuck and then they they don't think they can explain it and that's not you know when i became involved in my company yes the products mattered so much but that wasn't what excited me i could have just stayed a customer and just order the products what excited me was this vision of what i could create for my life so that's what we have to ignite so that that was really well said so our job is to help ignite the possibility of what they can do in their life while still letting them know that this is this does take work 
you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. Vicky, I can tell you about that. Yeah, I just want to, because um, I know you've got your online um, presentation. Are you doing any uh, private, are you doing any um, presentations at all for the business? Not yet. Yeah. I don't do any like yeah. live. So I only use my online. So when people yeah. um, fill out on my website, so I've got my mentoring program, which is my funnel for associates. Yeah. So when they request to um, information on the mentoring yeah. program, I interview them and then they, they go, well, actually, yeah. no, they, they watch the um, presentation yeah. first, then I interview them. Yeah. Um, I, when I was living in, um, when I was living in the States, because my my biggest team in the states was in Denver because I lived there for 10 years whenever I would go back like once a year I would always do one for them but it was the same one that my team had you know that they were using as well yeah and it had the similar like it um because that one of yours is an hour but I'm just thinking if you're doing if we're kind of taking those concepts and getting it down into a yeah I'm just thinking um I'm actually thinking about the different types of presentations so we've got the weekly team presentation, and then then you've got your own, you know, one-on-one presentations. And I do a lot of one-to-ones um, business meetings. Yeah, it's about how to not make it too, um, yeah, make it a bit more fluid. Yeah. I think yes. I'm trying to explain, but still get those elements in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I do. Mine is too long. Like I just haven't redone it. So, but if oh, I was to, it's fantastic because it gives. It actually is very exciting. I've listened to it so many times now, and I'm like, oh yeah, you can really get the the vision. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I and I think it is a little bit different when you have someone watching a webinar because it's very different than if you're sitting face to face to them because you almost can't take that same tone of teaching. Yeah. versus when I'm doing that, when they're watching the webinar, you can be a teacher, you know, it's, yeah. it's quite different. So you would yeah. just have to make it shorter and make it a little bit more personal, I would think. Yeah. And maybe you wouldn't necessarily, I'm just thinking how you do the Robert Kiyosaki stuff, maybe that wouldn't come in there. I think I still would because that graph is really, yeah, I think I definitely still would because that graph is really good to draw. And it, people oh, yeah, really yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything I would. I think I would just make it more conversational rather yeah. than teachy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. That's and, good. And probably shorter. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> That's perfect. So I, I use yours one, Carmen, as I think it's kind of staging. So I have first the work from anywhere on whatever I make out of it. If then they say, hey, we, are, we are ready. And, and still would want to be even more kind of ignited then they are ready for watching with me together, maybe for a tea, the one hour. And then I don't have to do so much talking because you are doing it. And yes, and then whatever is then still question mark, we we can go through. So it's even the one hour for me, it's um, very valuable um, to have at least available just in case. eh? Some people, they start right away, but others say they feel much more confident if we can go together or they can go on their own and have some questions answered, um, that's the one hour thing. Yeah. So grateful yeah, it's there. <laughs> it's so nice to have a presentation that just gives all the basics. And then it's a pleasure to answer questions that are mm-hmm. deeper. You know, you're not answering mm-hmm. questions that are like, 
like you're like, oh, I have to answer this question again. <laughs> That's why I really like online presentations or any type of presentation, because it's it's a joy to answer questions after they've done something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and some are still asking, what is the what is the work? What do I really have to do? Huh? I mean, you have the different characters, so some will really want to hear the the details. And and when I and and I must admit, I asked this question to to Jeremy Stansfield <laughs> some years ago, <laughs> and, yeah, and what he answered at that time was, hmm. <laughs> it didn't make it through with me. So I, I I'm trying to give a a more uh, compelling uh, answer here at that point. So. For, for me, it's that um, it starts with, um, it's fun, find a message. So find some people um, and find out if they are willing to talk to you or whatever, start a communication, get, um, and there I have the fourth, um, friends, uh, no, family, occupation, recreation, dreams, I'd ask around so that I get a better uh, understanding of to whom I talk and that already um, develop the process in from a stranger if you don't know the person towards a friend and maybe eventually family once you know a bit better the person then there is a um, yeah a good chance that you ask the right questions mm. yeah absolutely yeah. yes 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 yeah. and and then it's about inviting and, and presenting and then finding out if it's a match and here for me i love the soul craft approach mm. yeah so from heart and soul connecting and then um, conveying that message for some other people i say for me that for me there is a bit too much testosterone in the thing <laughs> then it's um, the heart and soul could be more in it and and that is what for me i only got from the soul craft approach yeah yeah, I, I think that's why, you know, even that the kind of people we will attract are going to be based on our own inner energy. And it's mm -hmm. why the same, like all of you feel the same because you were attracted to soul craft. So it's the same energetic vibration. Yeah. And we have to trust that, like, you know, presenting in a way that feels right to us, we have to trust that we'll attract the right people as long as we know like okay it is our responsibility to create the dream and the possibility and also to explode the bomb because we, they will have objections so we, of course we want to do our best job but also trust that if we put our heart and soul into our presentations we are going to bring in the right people then we just have to be doing two to four presentations per week because we can have the best presentation but if we're not presenting <laughs> then we're not going to get people but all all of this is giving you that um exactly what you need for the presentation like you'll now when you sit down and design it you'll be coming from a different place so why don't we for next week have everyone work on their presentations and we'll come back with more questions of how like what's working what um yeah anything that comes up and then is there anything else that people want to discuss for our last call of the year if we have time, I want to do a little bit of goal setting before we get into the new year. But is there anything else everyone here wants to discuss? Well, one thing is goal setting, but the other thing is manifestation. Manifestation? Okay. Okay. Yes. So we get will... it from the vision board into the reality. Okay. All right. And what we may do is last year we did the manifestation, um, the art of manifestation at the beginning of the year. I might mm -hmm. save that for the beginning of the year, but we'll pepper okay. a little bit 
So it's goal setting and manifestation on our next call too. So, but just know we are going to do that training that we did last year again in January because that was quite profound. All right. So um, Amy will be new to this. So we take our picture. We take a- Oh, I've uh, listened on the podcast. Oh, have you? Okay. So you're good. Okay. So everybody- Oh, actually, I did want to ask you one thing. How is the writing your two ahas and your two action steps? Do you feel that you're doing those two action steps? Because I, I thought maybe we should trial one aha and one action step to make sure you do that action step. Do you want to try that this week? Well, that was going to be my intention today. I just thought I'm just going to work on one. And on one, this okay. presentation. Perfect. That's it. I've got enough going on. Okay, let's let's do that. So once I, I post the pictures, if you can just write your one aha, and you can always write more if you want, but specifically one action step that you will do before next call. Because I want I want to make sure that we because. You know, all of this is the one thing about Soulcraft, it's it's so heart centered, but we always want to make sure that we're in action because that's the only thing that gets us results. Okay. All right. So let's take our picture and I'll let you know. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. And then Amy knows exactly what we're going to do next. One, two, three. Ah, perfect. <laughs> Eileen, I saw that tongue. All right. So have a beautiful evening. Thanks for all your feedback with the time. Um, We might actually stick with what we have because it is, it probably is perfect. (laughs) But I will see everyone next week and we'll see you on the forum as well. So have a beautiful evening and day for our Belgium people. Okay. Ciao. Good night. Bye. 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 Bye.